Hi, and welcome to Voluntary Culture Shocks, a podcast about international volunteering. In this podcast, we will talk with volunteers, ex-volunteers, host families, and people involved in volunteering. What did they learn from volunteering, and what is the influence of intercultural learning on their lives? I'm your host, Rose, and I'm a volunteer myself. Originally, I'm from the Netherlands, and since October 2020, I live in Finland because I'm volunteering here via the European Solidarity Corps. I volunteer at Mailman Vito, which is a non-governmental organization who receives foreign volunteers to Finland and sends abroad young people from Finland for international voluntary work periods. Mailman Vito aims to advance intercultural understanding, equality and peace. As a volunteer at Mailman Vito, I work as a program assistant, and this means that I support incoming volunteers in Finland, answer questions of future volunteers, and participate in the communication and media work. This podcast is part of my volunteer project, and I am very excited to learn more about international volunteering together with you, the listener of this podcast. With me today is Vera Korekiekoski who volunteered uh, for a year in Ecuador, starting from August 2019. And together we are going to talk about international volunteering. Hello, everybody. Hey, Vera, nice that you're here. And um, what is international volunteering and why would you actually like to work without being paid? What do you learn while volunteering abroad in a different country with a different language and surrounded by new people? We will get the answers to these questions in today's episode. And I would also like to mention that in this podcast, we bring forward different perspectives of volunteers, host organizations and host families, for example. But everyone has their own experiences when it comes to volunteering. So we can generalize one story of one volunteer or organization to everyone involved in international volunteering. And with that said, let's get started with the first episode of Voluntary Culture Shocks. Vera, thank you for joining in today's episode. I invited you since you volunteered abroad via Mailman Vito um, in 2019-2020. Yeah, thank you for letting me be here. Yes, thank you for being here. And uh, yeah, I already mentioned you volunteered uh, in Ecuador. Mm-hmm. And could you tell us a bit more about yeah the volunteer year in Ecuador and what your tasks were uh, as part of your project. Yeah, sure. So um, I left uh, to Ecuador after my high school and I was originally supposed to stay for 12 months, but I came back after eight months because of Corona. So yeah, yeah, it cut cut off short, but I'm fine with it now. Um, I worked for an organization called Asociación Solidaridad y Acción, short for ASA. And I was supposed to stay there, you know, as my gap year. And I worked in a kindergarten uh, where Mm. I had two groups of kids. And the main group that I um, hanged out with the most, uh, they were from four to five years old. I was helping the teacher mostly. I was supposed to teach English in the beginning, but it kind of quickly faded away that I just I was just helping the teacher after after a while but it was fine like uh, it was hard for me to uh, teach the kids English because I didn't really speak Spanish in the beginning 
So mostly we were just playing and uh, cutting and drawing and reading. It was um, a little bit hard in the uh, difficult in the beginning because I didn't speak the language and I had no experience with kids. But it turned out fine. Okay. And um, you already mentioned that it was for you, it was the gap year and uh, that you um, like went volunteering right after high school. And how did you came up with the idea to do volunteer work instead of uh, studying directly after high school? Uh, well, so I've always wanted to go abroad. Like I've always known it. Actually, when I was in the second grade of my high school, I tried to do an exchange year. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, for me, the language was always super important, and I always wanted to learn Spanish specifically. So when I applied to do an exchange year in the second grade, um, they wouldn't um, let me because they told me that I wouldn't learn Spanish necessarily even if I went to Spain because they speak other languages as well there. Ah. So I just gave up on that idea, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to wait for the next opportunity <laughs> to go abroad. Yeah, and how did uh, like Mile Manfaito or like the ICYE volunteering cross your path? Um, actually, it was also through my school. Like we have this um, message system that sends messages to all the students in our high school. And one day I just got one that Mile Manfaito is hosting uh, information evening. And I was like, okay, volunteer work sounds interesting. Let me just go there and see what happens. And I got so excited. And, you know, actually, I think Mina was there as well. And she told us about the organization and what is volunteer work and how you can do it. And I was like, okay, this is perfect. I just got to do it. Oh, nice. Yeah. And for the listeners, Mina is the communication officer. We're also does yeah. the information yeah. events. So, um, well, that sounds very good. And uh, did you also talk with, like, or were there other ex-volunteers, like, the info event that you got inspired or um yeah actually there were like i think three people presenting like powerpoints where they had been and uh what they did there so in that way yeah and i spoke a little bit with them after the presentations and they seemed like cool people so i was like of course <laughs> with nice experiences yeah i want to be a part of that too oh wow that sounds very nice and uh, via this, you can also inspire other young people to uh, maybe do volunteer work abroad. Yeah, I would love to. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, people may wonder, like, why would you do volunteer work without being paid? Could you explain how you see this? Um, okay, so I have to be really honest. You know, as I told you, like, I always wanted to leave Finland. Like, that was kind of my main goal in this whole thing yeah so in the beginning I didn't really think about the aspect of volunteer work I didn't really think about it uh, before my Vaihto had that camp and you know for all the volunteers who were going abroad and then we talked a lot of uh, about the ethics of volunteering and uh, what is it and how can you do it you know well and after that, I just realized that this is something that is really important for me and I actually want to do this. And then I was like, I just want to have new experiences and meet new people and learn about other cultures. Oh, wow. So you actually got inspired at the, at the camp before you left to Ecuador yeah. to um, yeah, where you were talking about ethics and about volunteering itself. So. 
yeah, I think I didn't really think about it that much before. But after I learned about it, I was like, this is so cool. It may sound a little bit stupid as well. Like, of course, <laughs> like, how could I not know what is volunteering? But no, you know. but we like the honesty. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's good that you're like honest. You know, before learning about the aspect of volunteer work, I was just ex- excited about um, kind of going abroad. But after that, I was also interested in actually working. And were you also specifically uh, thinking about a certain uh, field where you wanted to volunteer in? Well, this is also a little bit funny because when I applied to Malmo Baisto, I think I specifically said in my application that I'm not really interested in working with children. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, but (laughs) it just kind of happened because they have a lot of projects in Ecuador that are mostly with kids or young people. So naturally you will maybe work with children then and uh yeah we will now talk a bit more about uh, skills and knowledge so we will try to memorize everything from your uh experiences and um yeah, was there so, you know, we already talked about um like the decision before doing volunteer work or before going abroad but was there something you wanted to learn in ecuador such as specific knowledge or certain skills Um, Well, as I mentioned, um, my number one priority was actually the language. Yeah. Um, But it did end up um, with me not really focusing on the language. I didn't really go to Ecuador with the mindset that I need to improve myself in some way or that I need to learn this or that. I was just, yeah, mainly I wanted to learn the language and that's it. Yeah. And it's also hard that because you don't really know what to expect. So, yeah. and of course, the language is something, you know that it's different from um, yeah, your home country, so you know that you will, um, yeah, or that you can learn that, but it's hard to point out maybe beforehand what kind of skills of knowledge you will, um, yeah, learn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also, I just wanted to learn about the world and the people and the culture in general. And also... When you go abroad, you will naturally be under a lot of stress or under pressure and you will learn those things supernaturally. And then when you look back like a year later, you will be, oh, of course I learned this. Of course I know how to solve my problems or manage my stress better now because of going to do volunteer work. But in that moment, it doesn't really feel like it. It doesn't feel like you're learning anything unless you look back. Months later. Yeah, they they you come back in your uh, home country yeah. and then you see that you maybe that you've grown as a person. Yeah, I can assume. Yeah, <laughs> and also if we're talking about like learning skills, of course I learned a lot how to be with children because you uh, didn't had any experience with that beforehand, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and how did it feel at the beginning to? Uh be with the children yeah I was pretty stressed to be honest like you know children can be super loud and there were so many and there were just one teacher and me yeah how did you manage with the the language difference at the beginning um you know it's kids so even if it's their um mother tongue is that a word yeah yeah (laughs) even if it's their actual (laughs) language they still don't know how to speak it correctly you know what I mean so it's very easy to communicate with kids just you know playing and dancing and all that kind of stuff how did they communicate with you well um i think the teacher was helping us a lot to kind of like get to get to know each other like me and the kids yeah 
and also it just happens very naturally as i've said because you just you are just thrown into that situation and you just have to adapt so <laughs> there's not really a choice for you yeah i get it and was it the the teachers did they uh, speak english or no oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean they were supposed to help me with the teaching of english but they didn't really speak any english so it was pretty difficult Yeah, I can assume that. And you had uh, language courses there in oh, yeah. Ecuador? Yeah, when we came there, we had two weeks of language classes. Like super basic ones, you know, like how to say good morning and good evening. Yeah, and did you learned most in practice? or? Yeah, also because um, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't have a host family. So um, I didn't learn Spanish from them either. Ah, okay. I just had to do it through my work. Yeah, and also I think if you work with children, then it's you also have to learn the language because they can't speak yeah. English. So you're really like immersed in the in the situation. Yeah, but also well, about like the um, skills and knowledge before going, I would say that don't put so much pressure on yourself to learn certain things or uh, no, I'm going to do this when I come back or I will know how to do this and this because then you will just be disappointed if that doesn't happen. Oh, that's a very good uh, lesson indeed. And as you mentioned, you yeah, the most of the skills that you learned, you will just realize it when you come back in your own country. Yeah, and you know, you, because you know it's going to be hard on you. So I think you should go pretty easy on yourself on the other areas of your volunteer work or year. Yeah, and you already mentioned that you are now better in managing stress, for example. Oh, yeah. How did you... Um, realize that that you are now better at managing stress well you know it's just um <laughs> super simple like you know when i had to find my gate at the airport by myself <laughs> so it just comes in those situations and then when you're back in finland or back in your home country you're just like oh i've done this before so i know how to do it yeah so you also feel more independent after your uh, volunteering experience abroad yeah for sure Because that was yeah. my first time um, living alone, living away from my parents for such a long time. So when I came back to Finland, I was just like, okay, I've seen the uh, independent life now. And of course, I want to do that. So I moved out from my parents, you know, when I came back. But how was it to live um, so far away from your own family and friends for such a long time? Because it was the first time that you were away from your, yeah, from your home country for so yeah. long. So... Um, It was actually not that bad as I expected. I didn't really miss Finland at all. I just missed my family and friends from time to time. But not so bad. I, I've never been a super homesick person. And, you know, I this was my decision to go. And I wanted to leave. So I was just happy to do it and to live my own life in another country. And what did you do if you felt yeah homesick or um, if you wanted to be... Yeah. Well close to family i would call my family like every two weeks maybe we would talk through facetime i don't really talk to my friends that much to be honest because i had so many new people in my life in ecuador that i just you know i was focusing on them so you met also a lot of people in ecuador other volunteers or also locals? yeah like locals and volunteers and also um because uh, my friend in ecuador uh they had volunteers who had gone before to Europe and but they were Ecuadorians so they were our tutors and mentors and helping us with the language and 
that's how we got to know people from Ecuador, actually. Oh, that's very nice way to get to know them because they also, of course, know yeah. the experience about going abroad and where where you and they also from spoke and, English, um, which was pretty important for us volunteers in the beginning. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a very nice way of your organization to yeah um, yeah to get to know the culture and the country. Yeah, I have to really like give a big applause to my organization and also here in Finland to Malmo Vaita because they really took so much care of us. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Yeah. In what way did, did you feel like they took good care of you? Well, the, you know, they had the um, camps for us when we arrived. Then we had the six-month camp. We were supposed to have one before we left. We had the language classes. We had the tutors and the mentors. And we had a lot of um, activities together and like reflecting on others and on ourselves. Oh, that sounds really, really like a good experience. Yeah, yeah so good. Yeah. And um, we'll also talk a bit about, um, yeah, uh, that volunteering is a form of non-formal learning. And which means that it takes place outside of the learning environment, so outside classrooms. But before we talk about this, what kind of like formal um, learning background did you have before volunteering? It was only high school, right? Yeah, I wanted to take a break because otherwise I would feel like it's just so much studying. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, what have you learned through volunteering that you couldn't have learned in high school? Well, so much. <laughs> um, it's, you know, everything is different than in a classroom. For example, if you, yeah. if you know you're going to have a presentation, let's say, in school about something, you know it's going to come and it's, of course, stressful and, you know, you have to do something for it and you have to work for it. But you still know when it's going to be and then it's over. But, for example, when you're in, in Ecuador or you're abroad, you just you don't know when the stressful situation is going to happen because it's like kind of all the time happening and you have to adjust so fast. It's, it's a very good form of indeed learning in practice and non-formal learning. Do you have an example of such a stressful situation? If you want to point it out, of course, or if you can remember. It's really hard to think, you situation. know, it's really hard to think about examples like after a year <laughs> but just like you yeah. know how to really make your own friends when there's not a teacher putting you to pairs or learn the language through actually conversation conversating about everyday life things kind of like in high school but you actually have to do it yourself you know and you become yeah. very independent because no one is telling you what to do next like you have to take action by yourself and <laughs> figure it out yeah i get it and you also did you also have a mentor in Ecuador oh, of your organization? We had uh, one mentor for three volunteers, I remember. And my mentor had been to England. So he spoke oh, very good English. And, yeah. And was it nice to have a mentor Yeah, it was there? amazing. Like, then we got to meet his sister and his friends and we went to parties together. And, you know, so important for me. Oh, that sounds really, really nice too. And also... When it came like to hard or to difficult um, situations, could you also talk with your mentor about yeah, that? Yeah, or... exactly. And also the people from my work, like uh, from my job organization, were very important to me because I didn't have the host family. So they would take me to their families and their dinners and I would go to church with them. Oh, wow. Yeah, you really got immersed in the 
in Ecuador in the yeah, culture. Yeah, even though and... I didn't have a family, which I'm, you know, still grateful for that I still had some people to help me. Yeah, but it sounds like you have like you have had a very big family with yeah. volunteers and uh, yeah. mentors. And, and also yeah. like all the mentors knew each other. So they were one big friend group. And then there were us, the volunteers, and then we just like emerged with them. So we were just a huge friend group, kind of. That sounds very, very nice. Um, so yeah, indeed, like what you already said, like the voluntary workplace itself is not the only place where you learn. An important part of volunteering is also the international experience itself and the things you learn while interacting with locals mm. or meeting other volunteers and adapting to the culture of another country. And I don't know if you do remember this, but how was it to adapt to um, yeah to a new country, to Ecuador in the beginning? Well, sometimes very easy, sometimes very hard. Um, you know, the first months when I first arrived to Ecuador, I didn't know how to get the bus to my job. That was pretty difficult. But, uh, you, you know, I already said, thankfully, we had the camp and the organization helping us. And, you know, it's very different for everybody, I think. Yeah. And was it easy for you to reach out to other people to yeah. Um, yeah, get in help? In general, I think that... Um, my adjustment to Ecuador was pretty easy. Like, I didn't have any uh, huge culture shocks or things that would upset me super much. And, and then, uh, like, quickly back to the, the mm. language um, uh, part. Uh, how did you, um, like, manage to with the language difficulties? Like, for example, if you were in practice, if you were buying something in a shop or at your work... Um, well, and the problem is that I'm not really good with languages, so it took me a lot of work and I had to, you know, write down everything and memorize a lot of things. But um, after a while, you know, when you get more and more comfortable speaking the new language and people are saying, hey, your Spanish is so good or you can speak, then it's just like, yeah, I can do this. And you just, you know, keep talking and it just gets easier and easier. Oh, that's so nice. And now you're back in Finland. Do you still speak Spanish sometimes? Well, or? not so much as I used to. <laughs> you know, I think it's a little bit rusty. Yeah, it's of course hard to um, yeah, to keep yeah, it up. Yeah, and also the fact that I never spoke perfect Spanish. Like, I could conversate, yeah, I could conversate I get... with people, but it was never like I would talk about politics or, you know, universe. Yeah, it's more the basic uh, Yeah, basic and also I, sometimes I feel like I truly speak like a child because <laughs> all the the words that I learned were from kids. Oh, yeah. And also, like, I would yeah. say that I had taken classes of Spanish before going to Ecuador, um, but it meant nothing. It was like I never heard the language when I first arrived, even though I, I, I didn't oh, really? say, like, good morning, you know? But that was nothing. I still didn't understand anything. Spanish in Spain is very different to Spanish in Latin America. Yes, we already talked about like uh, adapting to a new country, but are there also things that you learned about um, the culture of Ecuador while you were there, or the differences between the cultures of Finland um, actually, and Ecuador? Actually, I have a I have an example of this. Um, you know, I have always loved um, reggaeton, like the music, and you know salsa and all of that. And but when I went to Ecuador, I didn't know. Or I didn't understand how people could listen to the same songs when they were happy or sad or feeling anything at all. They would always just listen to the same kind of music, you know? 
and I would never do that. Like if I if I'm sad, I listen to sad music. If I'm happy, I listen to happy music. You know. But after spending some time in Ecuador and really getting to know the culture, I realized that it works that way. Like reggaeton is just the perfect music for every situation, <laughs> like literally. And I think I kind of grew to understand the culture through the music and through the dancing and through the clubs and partying, you know? Oh, yeah. that's so nice. <laughs> I think that's important to me, like the music. And it's also a way, I think, to connect to other yeah, people yeah. and yeah. And um, did you also learn something about other cultures or countries, for example, through the people that you met during your project? You know, I lived with a girl from Austria and then one of our best friends was from Denmark. And also there were a lot of German volunteers. So um, oh. I learned a lot about Germans and Austrians and Danish people, for example. Oh, about like the cultures or their countries? Yeah, you know, or... I have been traveling a lot in Europe, so it was not that different, but we got along really well. Yeah, and I can also assume that you maybe um, like compare your own country or culture to um, yeah to the culture in Ecuador, and then also find your way yeah. of sharing uh, experiences with each other. And it was really nice that you know we were all the volunteers. We were in this together. Like nobody knew what was going to happen, and nobody knew anything about Ecuador before going there. <laughs> so it was really nice. And um, yeah, actually, also the the last question because the podcast is called voluntary oh. <laughs> culture shocks which relates to the uh, culture shocks one can may encounter during uh, volunteering or in yeah. other country and um what was your most or your biggest or most surprising voluntary culture shock and why if you still can remember well uh, one? Um, as i told you i think i didn't really have that much of a culture shock maybe if you can say that um But one thing that really that I remember about Ecuador is um, the street dogs, like the stray dogs. They were everywhere, and also uh, young people, because if you're when you're in Finland, um, we have a lot of old people here. We don't have that many young people, but in Ecuador, you can really see so many teenagers and so many people your age. And when you go to clubs, it's just you know full of potential friends. Kind of. This this may sound a little bit stupid, but that's what I remember. And also the traffic. Also the no. traffic and the buses and how people drove. How was it, uh, the traffic different from uh, uh, well, Finland? Well, there are so much more people. So there are so much more cars. And everyone is driving super fast. And they don't really care about the lanes. Oh, did you feel safe there? Because it's so different from um, well, Finland. You got I used to it, I would say. <laughs> So it was very weird coming back to yeah, structured yeah. Finland. Well, thanks, thanks a lot, Vera, for sharing your story with me and with our listeners. It was very interesting to talk about your learning experience during your year abroad. So, and I hope you also inspired uh, other young people. I don't know if you have anything to say to people that are still maybe thinking oh, about well, going abroad. I would definitely say that just go for it just do it like anywhere in the world you will survive and it will change you and it will be amazing wow that are some very <laughs> nice last words yeah so just definitely. go for it do you 
want to learn more about what we talked about today, visit our website mylemanfito.fe or follow us on social media such as Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. You can find us under the name at mylemanfito. Do you have any questions, feedback or recommendations for further podcasts? Reach out to us via the direct message on our social media. And don't forget to leave a review in your podcast app and to recommend us to others that are interested in international volunteering. Kitos ja nadan! Today is Marcus Lukonen, who hosted ICYE volunteer Gabriel from Ecuador for half a year, starting from August 2019. Together, we are going to talk about hosting a volunteer in your family. Some of the volunteers that volunteer via Myanmar Vaito live with host families. These volunteers have the chance to live in a local family, which means it is easier for the volunteer to adapt to a new country. And if you host a volunteer, you get a chance to see your own place and country from a new perspective. It may make you realize that the things you see as ordinary in your life are not necessarily ordinary in the lives of others. How does hosting a volunteer change your worldview? Or how does it change the way you see your own country? With that said, let's get started with a new episode of Voluntary Culture Shocks.